The CCC reported 14 local COVID infections and 51 imported cases on Thursday. It also reported one COVID-related death of a patient who arrived on a medical flight from Vietnam in December. 11 of the local infections have been traced back to a bank in Taoyuan's Zhongli district, which was visited by a previously identified COVID case on January 4th. She had spent one hour at the bank and had pulled down her mask to speak on the phone during her visit. The CECC added 11 cases to an outbreak at a Taoyuan bank. The cluster now involves 14 people. The bank clerk who attended to her is case number 17630. From the security camera footage, we saw that while case number 17472 was waiting for her turn and while she was at the counter, she pulled her mask down to speak on the phone. Case number 17630 had a mask on at all times. So the client pulled her mask down to speak on the phone. Was that how the infection happened? It's an important clue as we try to determine the path of transmission. It is also not entirely impossible to transmit Omicron via objects and by touching things. This strain's high transmissibility makes it very hard to stop it with just one approach. The bank and its surroundings have been disinfected and all close contacts have been put in isolation. A total of 3,013 people who visited the bank from January 4th to 11th have been asked to get tested as soon as possible. Test sites have been set up near the bank. Clients of the bank, residents of the area, and students at the nearby Jenshing University of Science and Technology were seen lining up for tests on Thursday. The bank client, who works as a home carer, had also infected a friend of hers. On Thursday, two of her friend's family members were also diagnosed with COVID while in isolation. Also on Thursday, officials reported a case at Taipei City Hospital's Renai branch following an outbreak at the hospital's Zhongxing branch. After receiving a booster on January 11th, the nurse in question developed a fever of 38.4 degrees, a slight headache and a runny nose. A COVID test came back positive on January 12th. The nurse has already been admitted for hospital treatment, so basically there was no risk posed to the community. We need to increase the testing frequency for medical staff, inpatients and the ward environment. The other thing is compartmentalizing the hospital space so that staff don't mix and open up opportunity for cross-infection. The Renai branch has transferred out its inpatients and disinfected the floor where the infected nurse was stationed. To identify vulnerabilities in the hospital's COVID care system, city officials and the CECC are investigating the outbreak. The infected nurses at these two city hospitals had been caring for patients with mild or no symptoms. None of these patients required complex medical intervention. As for whether the issue was in the removal of protective gear, we can't see the situation that had transpired, but there will be reviews of the SOP. The infected nurse resides in New Taipei's Tuchin district. Local officials have publicly disclosed the locations of the nurses' recent activity in the community. Well, Spring Festival is just around the corner, and many expats are returning to Taiwan. Taoyuan Mayor Zhen Wenchan says Taiwan could see more than 10,000 arrivals over Friday and Saturday, and if positivity rates remain at about 10 percent, more than 1,000 imported cases will arrive at the airport over those two days. Experts say Taiwan has sufficient medical capacity to cope with the surge, but only if there are no major domestic outbreaks. CECC officials inspected the arrival of passengers at Taoyuan's International Airport on Wednesday night. 
One arrival snapped a selfie with Health Minister Chen Shizhong from the other side of the windows. It was Chen's third consecutive day at the airport amid a challenging battle against COVID at the border. New testing protocols launched earlier this week for all long-haul passengers. On day one, 58 of 625 long-haul travelers tested positive for COVID for a positivity rate of 9.28 percent. On day two, 16 of 287 arrivals were positive, or 5.57 percent. Chen says the rate may rise in the future. It seems that testing is going quite smoothly. There are more than 100 PCR machines. So far, the daily positivity rate has ranged between 4% and 10%. Already, 101 PCR machines have been set up at the airport. Taiwan expects to see a peak in arrivals on Friday and Saturday. According to airport data, 2,538 and 2,388 passengers arrived at the airport on Wednesday and Thursday, respectively. About 5,000 more are expected to arrive on Friday in order to finish quarantine before the Lunar New Year. Altogether, Friday and Saturday could see more than 10,000 arrivals. If positivity rates remain at around 10 percent, as the health minister expects, that means about 1,000 COVID cases will enter Taiwan in just two days. The surge in arrivals will put the airport's testing capacity to the test. It could also stretch COVID wards to full capacity, experts say. If there are no domestic COVID outbreaks and we're only talking about imported cases, there should be just about enough beds to get through the Lunar New Year. But we won't be able to get through if there is an additional burden. We can allow passengers on the same flight to stay two to a room if they are diagnosed positive in order to expand capacity at COVID wards. The CECC has made arrangements to integrate the hospital capacity of Taipei, New Taipei, Taoyuan and Xinju. It has also relaxed standards for hospital discharge to free up beds. Medical experts say capacity will only be sufficient if there are no major domestic outbreaks. They say the government should establish guidelines to decide which patients to send to hospitals and which to send to quarantine centers to enable the more efficient use of medical resources. A gay couple has become the first in Taiwan to adopt a child not biologically related to either spouse. Currently, the law only lets same-sex couples adopt children who are biologically related to one of the spouse. In this first-of-its-kind case, one partner had adopted the child prior to getting married. The Kaohsiung Juvenile and Family Court then ruled in favor of letting the other partner adopt the child as well. <laughs> We are clearly both her parents. The discriminatory system made us really angry. Previously, my husband wasn't able to apply for parental leave, and he wasn't allowed to defer his studies. He was also not allowed to sign any medical consent forms. Those days of being treated as second-class citizens were really tough. We should try to give all gay people and all our citizens equal rights when it comes to forming a family. This is also in the best interests of our children. The Kaohsiung Court had based its decision on the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child, as well as positive reports from social workers. The ruling, however, only applies to the litigants and does not set a precedent for other same-sex couples in Taiwan. LGBT rights associations say more needs to be done so that same-sex couples can enjoy the same adoption rights as heterosexual ones. 
Cancer rates are on the rise, according to new data released uh, by the Health Promotion Administration. According to statistics from 2019, one person was diagnosed with cancer every four minutes and 20 seconds. That's 11 seconds faster than the year before and 38 seconds faster than the rate in 2014. The number of people battling cancer touched a new high in 2019, increasing by more than 5,000 compared to a year earlier. The Health Promotion Administration has released its latest cancer statistics. In 2019, one person was diagnosed with cancer every 4 minutes and 20 seconds. That's 11 seconds faster compared to the rate the year before and 38 seconds faster than the rate in 2014. Cancer incidence differs between men and women. For instance, for oral cancer, the incidence rate for men is 11 times higher than the incidence rate for women. What are the reasons for this? It has to do with unhealthy lifestyle habits. Habits. Another reason is that men are less likely to go in for routine screening for the four main cancers. Compared to women, they are far less proactive. Looking at the combined rate of men and women, the top cancers in Taiwan are colorectal cancer, lung cancer, breast cancer, liver cancer, and oral cancer in that order. The total number of cancer patients stood at 116,131 in 2018, which rose to 121,254 in 2019. That's an increase of 5,123. According to health officials, lifestyle habits like betel nut chewing, tobacco use, and alcohol consumption make men 11 to 16 times more likely than women to develop oral and esophageal cancer. Authorities say that besides cutting out bad habits and keeping a healthy weight, it's also important to undergo routine cancer screening, even in a pandemic. If you're concerned about the COVID risks involved in going outside of your local area for cancer screening, we hope you'll get screened at the closest medical resource near you. For example, our tracking data on colorectal cancer shows that if your screening test comes up positive, your risk of developing colorectal cancer is as much as 20 times higher. Although cancer rates are rising fast, a diagnosis does not have to mean death. The Health Promotion Administration says that early intervention and prevention are key. The European Economic and Trade Office has released a new episode of Taste of Europe, a video series featuring diplomats making food from their home countries. This third episode features European Values Center for Security Policy Director Jakub Yanda. He and his wife taught the audience how to cook Czech Republic's potato pancake, Bramboraki. Let's take a look. Like the recipe is based on potatoes and a garlic like as a strong uh, taste of garlic. European Value Center for Security Policy Director Jakob Yanda and his wife introduced the ingredients needed to make Czech people's favorite junk food, brambaraki, also known as potato pancake. The ingredients include raw potatoes, hot milk, wheat, flour, eggs, salt, caraway seeds, minced garlic, and marjoram. For brambaraki, for the potato pancakes, it's very easy to get them in any Czech restaurant or pub. Uh, because it's so usual, so widely spread uh, as, as a meal. Uh, so you could choose whatever you want or any type you want in the in the pubs or restaurants. When I was a kid, I was yes. uh, my mom asked me to do the potatoes. Once ingredients are prepped, start slicing the potatoes. Then add in garlic, salt, and one or two eggs. <laughs> okay, it looks like you can put it all. Slowly add the warm milk and mix it together, and then sprinkle a bit of marjoram. About the size of uh, potato pancakes, it really depends on your taste. If you want, like, to make it like big, like a crepe, the sunflower oil. Oh yeah, <laughs> the sun, sunflower. 
but with the pork uh, lard, 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 it's even more good uh, taste. Last but not least is ready to be fried. After adding a bit more of marjoram, the dish is ready to be served. A new episode of Taste of Europe is released every Friday. Representatives from 15 EU member states will teach viewers how to make authentic European dishes from their home countries. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang, Song Shuhui in Taipei. The search continues for Air Force pilot Chen Yi, whose F-16V crashed into the sea during a training exercise on Tuesday. The fighter jet disappeared from radar 30 minutes after it took off from Jai Air Base. So far, search and rescue have re recovered debris from the aircraft, including cables and a wheel. They have also found a backpack and pieces of fabric that may have been part of the pilot's jacket. But they have not yet found any sign of the pilot. On Thursday, President Tsai Ing-wen went to Jai Air Base to meet with the family of the missing pilot. Taiwan seems headed toward removing its ban on food imports from five Japanese prefectures. President Tsai Ing-wen made a public statement on the ban on Wednesday. Speaking at the DPP headquarters, she said the ban would be handled in line with scientific evidence and international standards. A KMT lawmaker said his sources indicate the ban will be lifted by March. Earlier this week, the Taiwan-Japan Economic and Trade Conference was held for the first time in two years. Convening virtually, the two sides hashed out differences on the long-standing issue of Taiwan's ban on Japanese food imports. Even if Taiwan lifts its import restrictions, as has the United States, Japan would never export food with health concerns to Taiwan. I deeply hope that Taiwan will be like Europe, the U.S. and other advanced countries and deal with this issue in accordance with scientific data and international standards. Japan has taken up this issue for many years and it has long expressed its concerns, but we have always responded by explaining our government's position, which is that we will abide by the principle of protecting the health of the people. After the meeting, Taiwan's representatives said that there was no timetable for lifting the import ban. But on Wednesday at a DPP Central Executive Committee meeting, President Tsai Ing-wen made known her position on the import ban. She said the issue would be handled in line with international standards and scientific evidence while safeguarding public health. She said that Taiwan should create conditions that allow it to confidently participate in international trade organizations and the global community. She was interpreted as saying that the ban would be lifted while Japan was still the chair of the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership as a gesture of sincerity. One KMT lawmaker says the ruling party plans to lift the ban by March. My understanding is that the import ban will be lifted in the first quarter. They will use their old trick and spring the decision on the people as a surprise. We predict that the ban will be lifted before the end of March. At that time, we will certainly lodge our most fierce protest. I believe the government is proactively tackling this ban on food imports from five Japanese prefectures. There are only two countries that apply comprehensive restrictions on Japanese food. One is China and the other is Taiwan. So Taiwan should absolutely not march in step with China. On this issue, Taiwan must let the world see that Taiwan is different from China. The DPP lawmaker pointed to the strong friendship between Taiwan and Japan and the need to beat China to joining the CPTPP. He said that there is no reason for the government to delay action on the ban.
Taiwan chipmaker TSMC reported a record quarterly profit on Thursday. In a statement, it posted a net profit of $166.23 billion NT for the fourth quarter of last year, up 16.4% from the same period the previous year. Over the whole of 2021, TSMC's earnings per share hit $23 NT, driven by soaring global demand for semiconductors. The chipmaker expects production capacity to remain tight throughout this year. We see a structural increase in long-term market demand due to the multi-year industry mega trend of 5G, HPC, and digitalization, as well as some of the short-term imbalance that the interruption of the supply chain brought about the COVID-19 and geopolitical tension. Start a overseas fab, there are many, many considerations. Among them, the top few is, uh, first is the, our customers' needs. Every TSMC fab, no matter where it's located, will serve all the customer from around the world. TSMC said it plans to expand to meet client demand. Construction is slated to start soon at new projects in Japan, Kaohsiung, and the Shinju Science Park. The chipmaker expects to increase capital expenditure by nearly 40% year-on-year, spending as much as $44 billion U.S. dollars in 2022. Well, with Lunar New Year right around the corner, Songshan Cultural and Creative Park has unveiled an exhibition to celebrate the Year of the Tiger. From January 7th to February 28th, there will be various tiger decorations, a treasure hunt, DIY workshops, and lectures hosted at the park. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. The 84-year-old Songsan Cultural and Creative Park is decorated with hundreds of red paper-cut tigers to welcome the new year. Some of the paper cuttings adorn the park's antique fire extinguisher cabinets, and each one has a different story. There's also stamp and ink on each of the cabinets, and if you find seven cabinets and stamp your card at each one, you can win stickers in the design of tiger paper cuttings. I think this tiger pattern really has a new year feel to it. It's very cheerful here. It's a nice, meaningful place to shop. Outside in the park's plaza, there are large-scale paper-cut tiger works that measure over 200 centimeters. This year, we put up 512 tigers, placing them in seven areas throughout the park. The events include paper cutting. Paper cutting is very important to local culture, so we planned a tiger paper cutting workshop. We even invited Mr. Huang Yongsong, the founder of Hanshan Books, to talk about why we should celebrate the new year in this way. Other activities include DIY workshops and lectures about traditional New Year customs and various interesting stories about the new year. The exhibition opened on January 7th and will run at Songshan Cultural and Creative Park till February 28th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Song Shu Hui in Taipei. Pork congestion is having a knock-on effect on the food industry, especially on restaurants that rely on imported goods. Foreign eateries in Taiwan are reporting shortages of key ingredients such as yellow mustard, Thai curries and kaffir lime leaves. A major fast food chain says it's running out of hash browns and will have to suspend sales due to shipping delays. 
As Lunar New Year approaches, specialty food stores are rushed off their feet. In Taipei, there's a cured meat stall that specializes in delicacies from China's Hunan province. The establishment built up a unique reputation over more than three decades. Although its owner's health difficulties now prevent him from running the business, his wife and family are keeping the traditions alive. Yuling reminds each customer of how to store their meat before they leave. She's ringing up one purchase as she takes the next one in. There are patrons arriving at the stall all afternoon, and the phone is ringing constantly. This cured meat stall has been a constant in Taipei's Shipai area for more than 30 years. It's always hopping in the lead-up to Lunar New Year, with locals and gourmands from far and wide converging to stock up on traditional meats. Firstly, the flavors are really authentic. Secondly, they make a big deal of how they don't use preservatives. Cured meats, sausages, fish, and smoked chicken legs. All these Hunanese specialties are still prepared by hand here. They are sold in the three months before the Lunar New Year. The rest of the year, it's a cold noodles shop. Two years ago, proprietor Wang Jianhua had a stroke and now uses a wheelchair. His wife, Yiling, who's originally from China, took on the running of the business without complaint. We've been married over 20 years. Since I married, I've been selling this. I just sell whatever my husband my husband's health is quite stable. So long as he's living happily, I'm happy. Our family is a perfect team. We're all together and we need everyone. This year, the stall has already booked more than 1,000 home deliveries of cured meats. When the stall shuts for the evening, there is more work to do at home. The whole family pulls together to provide this traditional taste of Hunan cuisine to the people of Taipei.